Welcome to Stutzcast on Tuesday the 23rd of February at 2.13pm. <clears throat> Out, Rooney and I, having had a productive morning's uh, arranging various different administrative tasks that we have to arrange to, for our impending move. Um, and we are still plenty of time left to set out on a Stutz cast. So, thank you for joining us. And off we go. Okay, well, item number one on our carefully prepared script that uh, Rinya and I put together is the fact that uh, this morning, <clears throat> big excitement, because uh, I was outside the house, just in the backyard as they call it, and uh, up in the sky, uh, f- flying, <clears throat> well high, but uh, certainly uh, within reach of the eye, were two large, very large birds of prey. And uh, they were high, so high that I couldn't quite tell. But because there were two swimming together, swimming, <laughs> flying together, I, um, I knew that they were a pair. And by the way that they were flying, with this kind of like um, uh, jointed uh, wing sort of motion, um, I was pretty sure that they were ospreys and so I got my binoculars out and I trained them on them and I could see the colouring, matched the colouring of the ospreys and they were way off but I could, I could see. So I am pretty sure that the osprey family is back all the way from wherever they've been, South America. And what's really interesting is, <laughs> according to the uh, information that I've been reading, they'll have been migrating in two different locations and they've come back at the same time, more or less. Isn't that amazing? How do they know if they're in different locations to arrive at the same time? It's, it's, it's phenomenal. I'm walking along and I'm, I'm walking, nah, it's very wet underfoot, but I'm walking bes- well, beside, uh, alongside the field in which their uh, huge nest is located. I'm looking across there, I don't actually see them in the nest, but they're probably out hunting. And it was so sweet this morning, they, they, it, it was, it was, I was imagining it <laughs> to be this way. They say you shouldn't do this with animals, but... Um, I was imagining that they haven't seen each other for a while and they were just having fun flying together but it looked like they were they were sort of weaving in and out of each other's kind of pattern flying very close to each other it was very cute so uh, oh here's something new the path that's been blocked since the the big snowstorm they've got some sort of machine to go through it and they've opened the path up that's great. I mean, you don't have to go through the car park to get on our walk. 
How about that, Runes? Tails up with him. He's, he's very happy to be out. So, I think they're back. I mean, I'll be 100% sure when I see them landing on that platform, that nest. But I can't, can't see them right now. I, mean, I might see them if we're out. If they're out, I might see them hunting. Now, I'm pretty sure that uh, one of them arrived a couple of days ago, a few days ago, and the other one's probably just arrived, which is why they were flying together for the first time today, or well, I saw them for the first time today. <clears throat> you can hear those geese squawking away at each other. There's two standing in the marshes. They're not flying, they're just standing in the marshes, yelping at each other. Anyway, um, that, that I think accounts for why I haven't seen any other raptors uh, recently, or certainly not near their nest, because I think there's like a pecking order of seniority, and once they show up, all the other raptors, you know, okay, right, we'll better not hang around here, we'll get beaten up, <coughs> attacked. So that's probably why they've, they've moved further afield. But uh, I'll have to look up what their sort of courting rituals are. But I, I'm guessing that that must be what's going on this morning. This very elegant and <clears throat> intricate pattern that they were flying. You know, weaving in and out of each other, almost touching each other and flying off. It was great to watch. I could see it all pretty well through the binoculars. <clears throat> So, now, if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, uh, you'll know that I call them the Hartley family. <laughs> you have to go back and listen to the previous episodes because I can't explain that one again. But uh, that's, our, that, that's my name for them anyway. And uh, so I think the Hartley family is partially or, or, or totally back. And that's going to be fun watching the, them rear another chick this year. I don't know what happened to the chicks, you know, what happens to the chicks from previous years. They take four or five years to mature, so maybe they don't have a chick every year. We'll see. Although, whether, whether I'll be around or not, I don't know, because we're going in two months' time. So that's pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Um... Which definitely makes you feel like, well, there's some spring indicators you know, telling us that uh, winter's on its way out. And God, I don't mind that winter's on its way out. I'm still walking through, uh, you know, snow. You can't even see the path. It's all white, but it's slushy now. <clears throat> that rain that was forecast yesterday well, it was actually a sort of a wet snow rather than rain. It was, uh, it lasted for an hour or two and uh, it was pretty unpleasant stuff because the temperature's gone up but not quite over freezing. So that's when you get that sort of wet, nasty stuff. But there's a spring feel in the air still cold 
today's been odd. Now we've got uh, almost, almost a blue sky. Most of the clouds have dissipated and the, uh, the sun is shining through. We had rain earlier on. Proper rain, not that wet snow rain. And uh, but that's, that's cleared. And I think we're going to get some de more decent weather. I don't look too far ahead on the on the weather forecast because you know it is going to be what it's going to be, and I you know I don't have any sort of plans that are weather restricted. Not like in the summer when you're going boating or anything. So good news. We also had a crew, or a crew of two, of removal people show up this morning, take away the uh, valuable antiques that I've mentioned before. They're going off to this auction place. Sad to see them go because, you know, those pieces, some of those pieces, well, all of those pieces, <clears throat> have been around in my family in my entire lifetime. Probably my dad's entire lifetime and probably his, his dad's you know ahead of him you know it was all, mainly all George III um, mahogany uh, pieces they're really beautiful pieces but we can't take them with us so we have to get rid of them I don't think we'll get anything like what they used to be worth a few years ago but anyway we talked about that <clears throat> But it's a sense of progress. We needed to do something. I couldn't, you know, I can't fit them in the in the house that we're going into because that also, <laughs> strangely, is full of antiques. We're going to be the one house left in the world that's got any antiques in it, and then there'll be an uptick in the market, and then it'll be, oh, these are worth a lot of money again. <laughs> dream on, John. Dream on. Still, what can you do? <clears throat> sort of a sad moment, really. Now, the, the other thing that uh, Christina has been pushing me on, she's quite right to push me on it, is uh, all the um, legal requirements that are, are going to be necessary now to... to move to emigrate speaking of migrations and returning from migrations we will be returning to Spain from our 20 year migration or more but unfortunately because of the Brexit issue oh a lot of ducks just flying off because of the Brexit issue can't just go and live in Spain now as a UK passport holder there's the UK's very intelligently extricated itself from the European Union, which dumb decision that was. Ill-informed, you know, prejudiced people. A lot of that going on. We won't get into politics. It doesn't uh, doesn't sound good on the podcast. But anyway, it is what it is, and we have to. Uh, we have to, you know, get permission to go and live in Spain now, which <clears throat> I've been looking that up today. In fact, I got a, an appointment on Friday at the Spanish consulate. <laughs> Surprised I could get one that, that quickly. I went online. I could have got one on uh, Thursday, actually, but I can't do that. 
So I've got to take Betty to the hospital. So Friday it is. And I, I, you know, I've got two passports. I've got an American passport and a British passport. So I don't know which is the best one to apply for an extended visa. But what you can do is you can apply for an extended visa, which I think is two years. And you can renew it twice. Um, and that lets you, you know, stay beyond the 90 days tourist regulations that would apply if you didn't have a visa. Um, but what they require is proof of means to support yourself whilst you're there. In other words, they don't want you to be a burden on the Spanish state. Turn up to live and then you start claiming unemployment benefits or something. Which I suppose is understandable. So you need to have four times the minimum wage or minimum uh, earnings as they define it in Spain which is about $600 a month God, who the heck can live off $600 a month but so it, it works out about uh, 25 because you multiply it up it, it works out about um, Twenty-five, twenty-six thousand dollars euros. Actually, you've got to have in, in in the bank for each year that you're planning on being there. So uh, you know we should be all right there. Um, there is another way you can have a, what they call a golden uh, visa, which is you've got to have a certain amount of money. I think it's about thirty thousand euros but you've got to invest five hundred thousand dollars in a property <laughs> well we've already got a property there so it's probably not worth five hundred thousand but uh that might help so we shall see the spanish bureaucracy is famously difficult to navigate but uh, where there's a will there's a way we will find a way won't be ruins and productive morning I also got onto the airlines about flights because you know COVID restrictions you know who's allowed to go into which country the US embassy says you can't go into Spain the Spanish embassy doesn't say that so <clears throat> conflicting information of course difficult to, to really find out what the true situation is so we'll work it out but uh, I think by end of April the sort of very tight restrictions should have eased off a bit. Oh, hello. Now, that is not an osprey. It's my old friend. The other hole. Oh, he's just flown off. <laughs> Took one look at you, Runes. Or was it me? He was just facing me, looking right at me, and he's just flown off in the opposite direction. I don't know what we did to spook him, Runes, but uh, he felt a bit nervous with the ospreys around beat a hasty retreat so it was all quite interesting um, so I was busy sort of adding up oh my god how much money do we have <clears throat> it's nothing like what we should have had had I not been laid off and all this sort of stuff 
it has happened. <laughs> That's quite funny. There's uh, like five or six ducks all land at the same time. They're like water skiers. Because, you know, they sort of skidded onto the surface of the water for two or three feet before they came to a, you know, a halt. Yeah, so I got onto the airline about uh, Rooney. You get, there are no direct flights to Malaga, which is where we're going, from uh, New York. So we're going to have to, you know, do a, do a, do make a connection. So I looked up, and we can connect in Lisbon. Of course, Lisbon, you know, with the Portuguese variant, so scaring everybody. I, I, I had to, I had to call them up because I said, "Listen, is Spain accepting flights from Portugal?" Yes, 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 that's all fine. We're running our flights. Okay. Now, I need to bring a dog. And uh, as I'm rooting through Lisbon, I need to make sure that the dog is, you know, stays on the same plane that I'm on. We've got to be on the same plane, Rose. Can't have you s separated off. <clears throat> she said, yes, yes, we've restarted um, pet uh, travel with connections since August last year. Lucky we weren't going last year because apparently they weren't doing it. <clears throat> but they are doing it now. And a very nice lady, actually, I was talking to her. She seemed very, very helpful. It's probably because there's a survey straight afterwards. <laughs> it does, does rather change the tone of voice. And <laughs> you know you're going to have to send the customer on to a customer satisfaction survey questionnaire straight afterwards. Um, maybe she was just a nice person. <clears throat> so... And it's not too expensive either. It's going to be about 300 bucks to get Rooney there. As long as uh, the combined weight is not over 90 pounds or something. I don't think it will be, Rooney. Might have to slim you down a bit. What do you weigh now? I'm guessing it's 70 plus the container. I have to put it in a cardboard box. I won't weigh much. <laughs> Come on, Rooney. It's just looking at me like, we. What are you talking about? You've got to put me in the executive class. <laughs> he, won't, he won't like it. He doesn't like any kind of travel. Has to be done, Runes. Has to be done. We have no choice, I'm afraid. You'll like it, though, when we get there. He's been pining a bit for Maya. The last couple of days, it's Maya left. I can see that, Hawk. He's a long way off now, but I see him up at, oh, I can hear another one. I, I, you can hear the, the call of the hawks. It's, a, it's like a, it's like a high-pitched shriek. Can you hear that? Probably too far away. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that, the hawk, the marsh hawk that I'm looking at, he's pretty active. He's kind of keep flying from branch to branch. And there's another, hook calling I can't see him it's probably his, his mate so a bit of movement amongst the raptor community Just bear with me one second okay well we're making 
progress with our uh, our own migration arrangements. See, if we were ospreys, we'd just take off. <laughs> off we'd go, that'd be it. Used to be like that before COVID. <clears throat> Used to be like that before Brexit. But humans are such annoyingly structured creatures. We have to have all our regulations, don't we? We have to have our governments and our regulations and all that sort of stuff. And so we can't just take off like the osprey. Imagine if the osprey had to go to the, the osprey consulate if they're going off to Chile or Mexico for the uh, migratory season. Imagine if they had to go off to the osprey consulate and say, okay, uh, right, what are you going to need, Mr. Hartley, is uh, you're going to have to have proof that you can sustain yourself whilst you're there. So uh, let's have a look at your talons. Let's have a look at your beak. You know, you're going to be able to hunt for your own food. Okay, that'll do. Now, what about your nest? You know, where are you going to be nesting? <laughs> no, they don't have to do anything like that. Let's go. But I'm not an osprey, so I have to cooperate. It's becoming quite real now, though. Uh, up until sort of recently, it's always been a sort of a vague, I don't really think we're going to be going. And suddenly, oh my God, we are going. I've always had this kind of like hope or belief that, you know, I, I'm going to get another job. Well, I'm parking that one. <laughs> well, somebody did contact me this morning, an old colleague of mine. And he didn't say much in the email. It was via email. All he said was, Hi, John. Hope you're well. Uh, and I haven't spoken to this guy for probably 15 years. Uh, hope you're well. Um, I might have a, an opportunity to discuss with you. Can you talk this week? What? <laughs> That's a bit brief. <laughs> didn't have any clue as to what, what he was talking about. But he did say he'd been talking to somebody else who knows me and she'd mentioned my name and that had reminded him to contact me. So I contacted her and I said, what? She's called Jill. I said, Jill, via email, no, what I was typing was, do you know what Tim McGuinness wants to talk to me about? And uh, she said, oh, it's, he's looking for investors in a company that they're managing in Florida. <laughs> Count me out. <laughs> I won't be putting any money in some dodgy venture capital scheme in Florida. And I won't be doing unpaid consulting work, putting him in touch with investors who might. I have found, not that I'm bitter, but I have found that the world is very keen to talk when they want something from you. And very reluctant to talk when they've got something for you. <laughs> that seems to be my take on how things work. So uh, I am actually talking to him on Friday. I'll be able to talk to him from the car as I'm driving into the Spanish consulate. Runes? But that's okay, you never know, you never know. 
life's strange, isn't it, mate? Come here. Rooney booty. He's a good boy. Right. Back on the leash. Over the road. Keep going. Lots of birds cheepy cheep cheeping. There's definitely definitely some warmer weather coming. So poor Christina, in the midst of you know all these arrangements, she's trying to run Zoom fitness classes with you know removal men lifting bits of furniture behind her while she's doing push-ups on, on a video screen. <laughs> poor thing. She is such an incredible woman. I wouldn't say that to her, and no danger of her listening to this podcast. So you know, I'll say it to you. <laughs> she is an incredible woman. Just keeps on going. So, uh, yeah, she's, had, she's still working right now. She's got a full day of uh, fitness classes. Although we were talking about this on Friday night after we dropped Meyer at JFK Airport. We were having a couple of glasses of wine, you know, talking about the future. And she said, which I thought was the first time she said anything like this, she said that... Uh, thinks she's getting a little tired of doing all the fitness she'd like to stop first time she's ever said that and I felt for her I thought well you say you should and to be frank the money that she earns from doing all this hard work it all just gets swallowed up on paying the rent you know so if we lived in Spain there's no rent to pay <clears throat> she could put her feet up a bit I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to have to have income, but, you know, we'll figure that out. And she deserves a rest. Shouldn't have to keep flogging herself to, you know, death. At pushing 60. She looks like she's pushing 40, but <clears throat> so it's obviously good for her. But the truth is, she's 58 next month. And uh, it's hard to do, I don't know, four, five, sometimes six hours of fitness training a day. The upside, though, is that uh, she's super fit, super healthy, you know, really does look young for her age. And it has been inspiring me. I was, I was you know, doing my fitness yesterday. I've, I've been sick, so I had to sort of put my fitness routine on a bit of a pause but yesterday I thought okay it's time to you know time to get back in the saddle so I was uh, doing my fitness as well I wonder if I would do that if she wasn't who she is <laughs> no I think she motivates me I'm not sure I'm self-motivated to do that <clears throat> but that's the joy of having a good wife anyway so I hope that she can really enjoy life and relax a little bit get in the sun slow the pace down I think she's still gonna do zoom classes for people in America the time difference with six hours is gonna be 
difficult to find. She's going to have to get people to do her classes very early. Listen to these guys. Noisy. Noisy, Aaron's. Yeah. Happy load of birds, aren't they? All right, I hope I don't get my feet wet in here. Off the leash and into the marsh. See, they'll stop when we get close. So it's quite exciting when you think about change. I, I like change. I, I'm quite a fan of change. I, I'm not one of these people that has to keep everything the same all the time. <laughs> Having said, I didn't want to get rid of the, <laughs> the furniture that's been in the family for a couple of hundred years. But that's a different thing. <laughs> that's nostalgia. But change in lifestyle, life, location, where you live, and that's, I've always been pretty keen on that. Hello, little chap. Tiny little sparrow, just bouncing, see how light he is, he's bouncing on a, on a sort of piece of grass, well it's not grass, this tall elephant grass stuff, hardly moved when he landed on it, even ounces not pounds. So, yeah, change, change, you know, I understand some people don't like change, some people do, I've, I've always rather liked it. You know, keep variety, keep keep things moving, keep interest up. But uh, there's all that, and of course the thing in the back of our minds, not in the back, if I say in the forefront of our minds really, is the kids. You know, are they on a solid enough foundation now to be able to take care of themselves? Not Maya, obviously, she's at university, but the boys. 28 and 26. Are they mature enough now to, uh, to be independent of their parents and to make a go of it? We've had a heck of a year last year for reasons I won't go into. But, you know, that was our Annus Horribilis. Actually, last year, uh, no, 2020, I'm talking about 2019. 2019 was our Annus Horribilis. 2020 was our kind of like recovery year. And hopefully 2021 is progress. Where the boys both got security at work, steady incomes, you know, good circle of friends and relationships good quality of life they're happy and if they are and, and you know they're, they don't sort of fawn over their parents anymore they're not, they're not thinking that they're going to be sort of super sad if we leave but you know, we have we have a good relationship and I hope that they don't feel like we're abandoning them Anyway, I think lots of parents, when they retire, go, go through these similar sets of thoughts where, you know, you want to retire off somewhere. It may not be exactly where the kids are. And these days, you don't really know where you're going to be working long term. It's a global world. 
especially now with the remote working. <clears throat> Tommy's got he's got ambitions to go off and live in Oregon. Harry likes it around here in Connecticut. So we'll see. <laughs> There's a big crow croaking in front. I think they're funny the way they croak, the crows. Very intelligent birds. Well, you know, you've got to, you've got to do what you can do. Don't fret about the things you can't do. Because that's just time wasted. So we'll see. Is that right, Runes? Hey, <laughs> ignoring me. Uh, Maya, of course, she's going to be living at home. Well, she's at university now. It's finally started. But she, her home address will be our house in Spain. So uh, that's fine. And she's settling in much better than uh, when she went in September. Now that she's got, you know, friends and people she knows, she's much better. She was, she was, you know, terribly homesick last time. You know, wailing with tears. But uh, I don't think so this time. I think she's, you know, better, better sort of prepared. So she's got. Well, UK university is three years and she wants to do a master's, so that's four. And I think there's a year out in industry, so that's five. God. But I think the year out in industry is self-funded, so I think you get paid for that. Thank God. So we've got four years of college fees to pay. And I think I've paid one year up in full. So three more years. And we'll see how that goes. She seems to be enjoying it, which is the main thing. And she's studying in a, well, a very special place for us, where Christina and I met, where Christina and I got married. And my brother went there too, Royal Holloway College. I saw a list of... Was it like the 20 most beautiful university campuses in the world? And Royal Holloway is on that list. <laughs> I'm surprised actually, but uh, it does have a very stunning, striking uh, set of buildings. Uh, Rooney, Leash again. So she's, she's in one of the prettiest universities in the world. Oh God, Brent, come back. I'm trying to find a spot that's not too muddy. Brent, Rooney, come here. Uh, come here, Rooney. Wait, there's a good boy. All right. Ah, there's the US mail. Come me along. <clears throat> I like the US mail. So does Rooney. They usually throw him treats. Hello. They used to when they, when they came to the other house because uh, he had a long driveway and they, the mail van would put our mail in our mailbox at the end of our driveway and Rooney would go out to meet him and he'd throw him a treat. 
<laughs> I think it's hush money. Your cousin Tov. Uh, mailmen don't get bitten. <laughs> Not that Rooney would have bitten mailman, but some dogs might. <clears throat> huh? Bit of bit of traffic around here. Oh, we're on the Pine Creek Avenue. Sun's gone in. It's gone grey again. As it's not rainy again. After I signed off yesterday on the podcast, it did start raining. <laughs> Got a bit wet. Didn't we ruin? Had to towel you off before you went jumping up onto Maya's bed. He is a good dog. So, changes in the wind. Now, that's not only personal change for our family, but change in the seasons, which is going to be fun. So what... Uh, What to, you know, how, how to sort of best extract ourselves from the US now. Say goodbye to everybody. It's a long time we've been here. 20 years. It's a career, really. You know. People have made their fortunes in much shorter times than that. any bird activity to speak of at the moment so we'll get down to the beach we'll check out the sea see what's going on there all right down at the beach as you can probably hear we're just going tearing after a seagull good luck The seagulls are rather sort of, <laughs> they've got a, a rather kind of uh, arrogant nature to them, don't you think? I think it's quite funny the way they give you what, what Maya and I call the seagull stare, which is a totally expressionless look. If you've ever been looked at by a seagull, you can't tell what he's thinking. It's not, there's nothing there. There's just that kind of like dead-eyed stare. <laughs> we call it the seagull stare, Maya and I. <laughs> there's a few, three or four at the moment, down on the beach. A couple flying, a couple on the, just bobbing around on the sea surface. Cold. I am cold down here. It's always a heck of a lot colder when you're down at the seafront. Get the coastal wind coming in. These houses, beautiful views and everything, but they must have to spend significantly more on heating. I suppose that bothers them. 
but it's uh, chilly. And yet in the summer, you know, the breeze is very welcome sometimes, it's so hot. Uh, not today though, I have to say. My eyes are watering. <laughs> Strange, my glasses just fogged up. Well, on the news today, we, we tune into the UK radio stations in the kitchen. And uh, a lot of talk, a lot of talk from the government, the UK government, about uh, July being the forecast month when they're going to have no, no restrictions on, on movement. Everything's going to be back to normal again. They're saying that, that all adults are going to be, will have been offered the vaccination by this early summer. Which is uh, something they've got right. You know, every, every government has struggled to sort of figure it out. Nobody's got it right for sort of immediately, first time off their mistakes. So you've got to forgive them that. What is annoying, though, is their sort of order, counter-order, disorder type uh, situation. As my, my, my stepfather used to say to me from his time in the army... <laughs> Uh, if you're going to give an order, stick to it. Order, counter-order, disorder. <laughs> Normandy Beaches. Edward, my stepfather, he was one of them. Poor chap, he came to a terribly sticky end. Was a, uh, it was an awful situation. He... Lived out in Spain with my mum. They'd retired, beautiful house they retired into, and uh, uh, quite a large house. And uh, you know they were so happy there. It was it was their kind of piece of paradise. They had you know about an acre or two of land. He was a keen gardener, so he was always out dealing with the flowers and things. And uh, they play bridge, you know, almost twice a week, it's just social. But uh, unfortunately, he liked his, he liked the sauce a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think he'd had such a hard working life, pressure, you know, business. He's a sort of high, you know, high pressure business guy. <clears throat> So uh, when he, you know, could relax, he just did completely, meaning he hit the bottle pretty hard. And, uh, you know, he'd go down and do the shopping in town. My mum would <laughs> still be at the house. And he'd come back with the shopping, but sozzled. <laughs> Every lunchtime, mum used to go mad. And anyway, it got worse, and... Uh, They'd been out playing bridge in the evening and uh, the electricity company had been replacing some of the power cables, underground power cables, and they dug this big trench 
um, on the perimeter of that property. It was deep, you know, it was like six foot deep and uh, maybe three foot wide. And um, they put a plank across it so that they could get to their property. Which you would have to say is inadequate. In this country, <laughs> that would be a lawsuit. Anyway, poor old Edward came back from his game of bridge, couldn't navigate the plank, fell into the ditch, broke his neck, and died. It was pretty tragic. Oh, God, I, I remember it to this day. I, I was at a trade show on site at the NEC in Birmingham. <clears throat> and uh, Mum called me. Been before cell phones, so she must have. I must have told her where I was staying or the hotel or something. But anyway, she reached me and uh, she was outside at you know at the side of the ditch. <clears throat> She'd called an ambulance, and the ambulance uh, staff were talking to her. And because she didn't speak enough Spanish, she called me to translate to and from the ambulance team because my Spanish is adequate and says good but adequate and uh, oh it was awful and she was saying is he dead is he dead and you know they were saying they didn't want to say and he wasn't conscious and then he did uh, g gain consciousness but they hadn't got him out of the um, ditch and all he said was don't leave me to my mum and then he died it was terribly sad so there's been a tragedy for you didn't mean to go into that but you know thought associations you never know where they're going to lead you <laughs> off the script there is no script <clears throat> So that was, that was about 1993 when that happened. No. No, I think it must have been after that. Sorry, 1998. 1998 when that happened. Yes. 1998. Whew. What a situation that was. <clears throat> so my mum carried on living in Spain, but it wasn't the same. You know, that, that kind of dream retirement that they hoped for, you know, couldn't happen. So, um, she, this house is too big for one person. So, oh my gosh, hundreds of geese. Come on, Ruth, you can't go and get them. <clears throat> Standing on the golf course, really are hundreds of them. Gosh, I don't know, probably, not exaggerating when I say a hundred, maybe more. Ah, I see why they're there because the grass is beginning to show through as the snow melts. So they're, they're kind of like all clustered around the patches of, that have thawed and they're trying to get to the grass. Probably starving for things. Anyway, yeah, so my mum 
Come on, Bruin. He's being particularly inquisitive today. So yeah, my mum um, didn't want to stay in the big house. You know, I, I suppose the uh, the joy got gone out of it really for her. It's just a shame. So she sold it and she moved into a pretty little village, which is really just around the corner, uh, called La Heredia, and bought a townhouse really because she didn't want to be sort of isolated she didn't feel safe because out in the country a little bit and uh, you know if you're on your own you do feel a bit vulnerable there are sort of burglars and things and stories of that nature so she didn't want to do that and that house that she bought must have been about 1999 then that she bought it so, you know, 22 years ago, that is the house that we are moving to in two months' time. And it's a, it's a, it's a simple home, but it's, you know, it's perfect for us. <clears throat> it's got three bedrooms, three bathrooms. It's got a couple of external terraces. And uh, it, it, it's a nice little neighbourhood. <clears throat> Rooney is fascinated by all these geese. <laughs> Looking at them like, if I could just get in there. Oh, you can't. They're on the golf course, they know where they're safe. Oh God, there's another cluster of them. God, there's another like 50 more of them all pecking at the grass. It's funny the way they have a couple of geese on guard and the rest of them just eating. Yeah, the last week or two it must have been tough finding food. I'm surprised they stayed. So, as the change in music signifies, if you've listened to one or two of these podcasts before, you might already know, we're moving into the wrap-up phase, stage three of the Stutz cast. We have, we have structure in these podcasts. We have the intro phase. <clears throat> we have the main body. And then we have the outro or the clothes. <laughs> and uh, so we'll move into the clothes now. It's, uh, it's a good old length, this podcast. You, you might think it's too long. I do, sometimes. But <clears throat> what I'm trying to achieve is really about an hour. An hour of gentle conversation where in that time you can just relax you don't have to listen to it all you don't have to listen to it all at once you can listen to it when you're going to sleep at night if you're having any trouble and uh, I, I find <clears throat> sometimes when I'm 
sleeping these days. It's not healthy, but I find I look for a podcast that is of a decent length because if I, you know, most podcasts are sort of 20 to 35 minutes. That's not really enough. It takes me about just over 30 minutes to really kind of like wind down and and sort of relax and drift. You know, that really pleasant phase of sleep where you, you know, you're just drifting out of consciousness, comfortable, not, uh, not in any way stressed. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that phase to set you off into the right, the right sleep. <sighs> God, last night and, and, and a couple of times before, uh, we've been watching this show on Netflix called Behind Her Eyes. Oh, now it's a, it's a, it's a really good drama. You know, not a lot of laughs. It's about this uh, psychiatrist and his uh, his assistant or secretary, if you're allowed to call them that anymore, but uh, having an affair and the wife, who happens to be Bono's daughter in real life. <laughs> you know, Bono from U2. Who'd have thought? And she plays this kind of very rich daughter of this family who got burnt to death in an accident in their country estate in Scotland. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, it's pretty well cast. because She probably does have a country estate in Scotland and Ireland and England, probably. <laughs> anyway, she's a pretty good, pretty good actress. She looks like him. But it's, uh, it's a kind of a mystery, really, so far. I mean, we've only watched two or three episodes. And... Uh, the you know the, the the assistant or the secretary forget her name the wife is called Adele because <laughs> I've reminded me that uh, I was able to remember that because of the singer but the assistant I can't remember her name very pretty black girl and this psychiatrist I think he's called David and uh, they meet the day before he starts his new job in a pub and have a little kind of you know attraction to each other and then he sort of he disappears off they had, I think they have one kiss outside the pub and uh, of course next day she doesn't know who he is and, and he doesn't know who she is and then, of course next day he shows up with the new boss and he's like oh god it's you so awkwardness and then of course she, he comes in with his wife and she's kind of like oh my god he's married so it develops. But the reason I was thinking about that and I was talking about sleep is that the, the assistant has night terrors and uh, they show them in some graphic detail. It's the sort of stuff that, you know, sends me off on one. I, I'm a real coward when, when it comes to sort of things like that. And uh, in fact, the first time when I when, when they showed this kind of like scene from her night terror dream, I went straight to bed and said, nope, can't watch any more of that. But then last night, I said to Christina, you know, now Maya's not here, we just sort of have our evenings, just the two of us. So we said, should we watch some TV? She said, yeah. Well, I said, well, I've seen this trailer for this 
um, new movie called Supernova with Colin Firth. So I thought that might be quite good. Didn't really, didn't really realise what it was. I just thought it was a light-hearted comedy. And um, so we started watching that. Oh God, it's turgid, dull. It's, it's Colin Firth and, and, and this American actor, you know, Obviously, they're in a, not obviously, but the fact it was a shock to me when scene one opened and they're in bed together. <laughs> um, but obviously, they're a homosexual couple, and uh, <clears throat> the American has, is suffering from the early stages of Alzheimer's and talk about depressing. Oh, and there's, you know, there's so many blank minutes of no dialogue where they're just looking at each other and crying and it's like, oh, this is not, not my thing so uh, and Christina neither so after about you know, 30 minutes of trying this we looked at each other and we said okay this is awful let's watch something else so I said okay well let's try that behind her eyes again so I'm filling up to it now so we tried it. We, we watched another two episodes of that. I would recommend it. It's, it's, you know, it's a nail biter. You won't get any laughs out of it. But, uh, all right, it's off you go. You won't get any laughs, but it's uh, it's pretty sort of, you know, intriguing. You don't know what their past is. Something odd has happened between this husband and wife team. He obviously has fallen out of love with his wife. And in love with his uh, assistant. And she is sort of falling for him too, but she, the wife hasn't got any friends, and so the wife keeps contacting her to go to the gym with her. <laughs> so she's caught having a relationship you know, as a friend with a wife and as a lover with a husband, and <laughs> very difficult. So I hope that hasn't spoiled it for you, but maybe I've given you just enough to. Give it a try. <laughs> There's some good things on Netflix and these, these new channels now. They're so much better than the old uh, cable TV, which we have now switched off or cut, as they say. We don't have cable TV anymore. All that was was, you know, bundles of, you know, channels that you didn't want and they'd throw in the one channel that you did want so that you had to sort of pay for a a group of redundant channels with unending adverts. It's just, it's a terrible model that cannot survive. So if you've got stock in cable, get rid of it. Because I don't think it'll be around in two years' time. Good riddance. Completely overpriced. Useless. So, yeah, we just have the uh, web, web-based TV channels, and it seems to be fine. You know, don't need to watch that much live. And, and actually, you know, when we have wanted to watch stuff live, it's always been possible. Like the election coverage, we watched that. Two, three places, you know, many were showing it on, the, on um, you know, internet service providers. 
or TV channel, whatever you call it. Pretty good. <laughs> Hello. So, that was our evening. And of course, because it's Lent, I was back on the wagon again. <laughs> this is my, this is my attempt to sort of regulate my uh, alcohol intake. So, uh, I think because everybody did their sort of dry January and I didn't. I was feeling a bit like, oh my god, have I got a problem? <laughs> so. I thought, well, Lent, there's another sort of significant marker. I'll go for that. But of course, weekends, it's a little tricky. So I fell off the wagon Saturday, Sunday, back on again Monday, and I'll probably stay on it until Friday. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, probably drink again. But that's better than drinking every single night. It doesn't bother me at all, to be honest. Probably very good for me. But we were on Sunday when uh, we had, you know, our friends around for Sunday lunch. <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence Pinkus, Pinky. He's very thorough when it comes to sort of researching things, you know, on Google and the internet and health issues and all that sort of stuff. He's a bit worried at the moment because he thinks he might have a liver problem. <laughs> Because of his counts, you know, blood counts and that sort of stuff. So we were, of course, Lawrence has researched what all these um, blood test results mean. And uh, so Christina and I have just had our uh, blood tested, you know, for, for, for annual checkups. And uh, so he was talking about his ACT and his AST results, I think that's right, saying they're high and all that sort of stuff. And I was thinking, I can't even remember what my. AST and ACT numbers were. There wasn't anything, you know, remarkable, so it was nothing that the doctor called my attention to. So I went to get it. Then I got Christina's results as well, because I'd filed them in our filing cabinet. I said, Lawrence was going through these, these blood test uh, results with us. You know, saying, oh yeah, God, John, your AST and ACT scores are really good. Mine are much higher than this. I was thinking, well, I think I should probably get a second opinion then, because that can't be right. But, uh, <laughs> so he, we were going through all this, and he, you know, he was like, because he can remember what his scores were off the top of his head. There's no way I could have done that, but. Um, and then he was going through Christina's, also very good. And uh, so, of course, when... Uh, Janice and Phil turned up. They were a little later. When they turned up, I said, Phil, Phil, did you bring your, your uh, blood work? He said, what? I said, didn't you bring your blood, your blood test results? He said, no. I said, oh, you better bring them next time. We're having a uh, blood work party here. <laughs> but uh, we're all getting to the age when you start to talk about health issues. Oh, that's depressing, isn't it? They start to talk about how's your, you know, how's your gout, John? Well, and I was about how's your kidney stones? Well, how's your cholesterol, Phil? Uh. <laughs> uh, and we're only at 960 yet. 
Well, we will gracefully move into the next phase, the autumn. It's not quite autumn, is it? Let's call it late summer, can we? Phase of life. Well, the forced early retirement for me, I was not planning on retiring until 65. <laughs> you know, ain't got no choice. So, I'll have to retire now. There's something cropped up. Getting used to the idea. So, I think that's enough. I think we'll wrap it up. <sighs> so, again, I want to thank you for listening and hopefully spending a pleasant hour or so just relaxing. And uh, hopefully we'll meet again very soon.